2: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: We're off and running on a Friday from the Circus Sportsbook here in downtown Las Vegas. That is Jeff Parles. I am Tim Murray, and we've got three hours in store for you. We've got a gold medal on the line And, hey, would you look at that? We'll be able to watch it in this studio. It's a stunner. We
4: will. Are you sure? Yeah,
3: we will. We will, surprisingly. (laughs) USA, right now, a 13-point favorite over France, a French team that has already beaten the United States once in these Olympic games as they won the uh, first game of the Olympics against the United States in pool play, and now they're meeting for the gold medal. A lot of analysis and thoughts On that game, there are prop bets out there to be played, Uh, so we will get in on uh, everything you need to know when it comes to the United States and France. Also a bronze medal game uh, for you you early folks. If you get up early, 7 a.m., sip the coffee. Actually, you know what people should do? 6 a.m., get up, get that, that coffee pot going for the folks on the East Coast. Now, we're in a little bit different. Watch the United States men's baseball team take on Japan for gold And then you have a side TV for Australia and Slovenia. Nice little Saturday morning for you. I've got it all mapped out. USA Baseball, Australia, Slovenia, go for bronze in men's basketball. But let's start with something that uh, I just want to pick at the scab of my partner here.
5: Come on. I've already conceded that I'm wrong here. Come on. The New York
3: Mets. Meet the Mets. Greet the Mets. Right now, it's not over. Yes, trail, it is. trail 2 to 1 in the 8th inning in Philadelphia and uh I just took a gander at the standings The Philadelphia Phillies take over first place if this result holds what say you Jeff Parles I want the Mets to get swept <laughs> I want them to finish in third. They they
5: deserve everything that has happened to them now. They deserve it. They had 35 chances to put this division on ice already, and they decided to let everyone hang around. And now this Braves team that basically is put together by glue and scotch tape is going to be a half game behind them by the end of the night. The Phillies, who might have the worst defense I've ever seen from a Major League Baseball team, are going to be in the driver's seat. And I Look, it wouldn't shock me if the Phillies run away and hide with this division. I, and if you could have gotten plus two fifty on the Phillies this morning, you, you should have bet bet the house on that in Atlanta because the Mets aren't winning this division anymore. They they, they blew their opportunity, and it, it probably doesn't even behoove them to win the division this year because they would just get smacked by the Brewers in the division series, and the the
3: front office wouldn't change anything. Do you want? Do you want? You no, know, this this water bottle. I, I look at it as half full. I I have a full one, but yeah. I don't think that helps me. Um, you have, and when I say you, I mean the New York Mets, the Mets Nation over here. You get ten games against the Washington Nationals. That the, doesn't
5: think the they Washington... can't, they can't beat they can't beat the Marlins. How are they beating? They can't beat the Pirates. They lost a the season series to the Pirates. How are they beating the Nationals? Who, regardless of how bad the Nats are, the Mets can't beat Washington. Well, a shame. we'll say if
3: the Nats Philadelphia go... did just uh, sweep a four-game series with the Nats. Atlanta is going to get right against the Nats. And then this, you know, this upcoming week, Jeff, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at City Field, the Nats come to town. So, you Uh know what? Lose this game, maybe it's an opportunity to uh, get in on the Mets no, before no. they get uh, don't, right don't, against don't, the Nationals. Don't, Come
5: don't, on, don't don't do it. Water bottle's it's,
3: half full. I,
5: I, if there was a, a market where I could bet the Nationals to win that series this upcoming week event against the, <laughs> Net, the Mets, would be a hammer that. And then they have 13 games against the Dodgers and the Giants, where I can't imagine they'll
3: win more than three of those at this rate. Well, right now, two to one. Uh, the, bottom of the, the bottom of the eighth, and. Uh, The sneaky MVP candidate Bryce Harper just hit one to the moon. I don't think he's a sneaky MVP candidate (laughs) anymore. Yeah, I don't Uh, think
5: he's a sneaky MVP candidate. You see how he basically in the last week went from fifty to one now to twelve to one now.
3: And he just hit a bomb. Yeah, that was a pretty pretty good shot. Uh, So now four to one, uh, the Phillies lead the New York Mets. Uh, Nothing like looking up, seeing Bryce Harper at the plate, and saying, "Oh yeah, that guy could win the MVP." Kaboom! Kablamo! Dead center field, and uh, that is where we stand. That's a Mets fan. His name's huh. Jeff Parles. I'm Tim Murray. Team USA on the floor. Coming up soon. It's a Friday night. I know it's a little unusual. Our normal crew is oh, not no, here, not Jeff. they're not here. Uh, they, they, you could have used that. You could have used the pick me up after Bryce Harper just hit a two run shot to center field to make it four one Phillies over your Mets. Um, but uh, Derek Stevens, I think down the road uh, at the D with the sign up for for circa million. So he's uh, he's busy. Uh, from my understanding, both uh, Banksy and Big Balls on assignment. So you just get us normally on Fridays. It's the it's a it's a full crowded desk uh, maybe Derek will stop by you never know he, he could stop by a little bit later on in the evening we'll have some others um, I put out the the bat signal to Patrick Everson maybe I'll, I'll force him to come in studio because you know he's in town you know he's down here if there's a if there's a meet and greet people to talk to Mr. everson will be there he is uh, he's all over the place so uh, no crew just the normal uh, the two of us Jeff back after uh, a day off how'd you enjoy your day off there Jeff? What's a day off again? I know. Seriously, no, you're, the, I, I, you're
5: the hardest working man here at Veasan. Well, uh, again, you'll have Adam next Monday. Yep. Not, not to uh, to, to spoil the schedule, but uh, but then you're uh, you're 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 you're, you're getting as much vacation time as Gil does. <laughs> that,
3: that's all I know, Tim. I yes, I am sneaking away a couple of days next week. Uh, you know, hey, you've yeah. got to. You get, you get days, you get to take them. Uh, so, uh, yeah, a couple days next week, I'm going a, I'm to a sneak away for a weekend. But uh, then I'll be full on back in the action, uh, back in the saddle. Uh, no days off through the football season. But uh, we got a lot to get to tonight, and we will continue our a division a day. We'll take a look at the AFC South. And I was going to do a tease right now and say, <laughs> why the Jaguars are a good bet. They're not. They're not a good bet. They're they're a oh, thank goodness they're a terrible price right now. Do not look, if you want to clip this off. Like I have the I have the video ready to go when the Mets ultimately don't win the NL East for Stanford Steve scolding Jeff. Hey, look, I, if you had the, I, I think even I would have actually said it would have been
5: after August sixth where I conceded. But it's August sixth. I, I, I'm conceded, I
3: conceded already there, Tim. But. The Jaguars aren't winning this division. He well, August sixth. August sixth, right there. <laughs> concession by Jeff. I like I like notes. I have notes. However, I've just got pieces of paper, and they uh, I'll end up throwing this away. But I got August sixth, the concession. Um, but well, a little tease. Don't bet the Jaguars. I know it's it's uh, appealing, but don't do it. All right. Team USA and France coming up. Bottom of the hour. And uh, we've seen a little bit of movement in this line uh, towards the United States. And, you know, last time we were breaking down a USA game, it was. Uh, you were with me. You were with me both nights, right? Australia night, too? Mm-hmm. Uh, but we talked more specifically about Spain because the Australian line never really moved. Actually, it moved a little bit towards Australia. I think it went off 11.5 in most spots. But the France line has actually been on the move a little bit. Not as much as the Spain game, which. Went off at some spots at 15. You did have an opportunity to middle that Spain game because of the Kevin Durant dunk at the end. But that second half by the United States against Australia was just sheer dominance. And I was very, very impressed by the game plan they put together, Jeff, uh, and how they suffocated Australia. They took the punches, they knew they were coming, trailed by as many as 15 in that first half. And, you know, we, we handicapped the Spain game almost to perfection. The Australia game, we were pretty good Mm because you had the first quarter again. I had the first half again, but I actually played it plus 12 for the full game. Obviously that didn't come home because Australia uh, or United States, I should say, ended up just really putting it on them and winning that game by 19. I did say Devin Booker over nine and a half was, uh, was worth a look. And that ultimately came home as well. But, um, you know, this game against France is is really to me, it's a it's a challenging one to take a look at. I do have one play. I, I rode with the trend of the United States or sorry, the opponent plus the points in the first half. Right now, six and a half uh consensus. So I took the six and a half for France in the first half. But the interesting part about this is you look at how the United States has played these these games in the tournament. You can even go back to the uh, the Czech Republic game. The third quarter has been the quarter where they flexed. They suffocated their opponent. 32 to 10, they outscored Australia in the third quarter. Spain wasn't as as big, uh, but you could really feel it. It was over uh, there in the third quarter. Outscored them 26 to 20, and they were up four at the half against the Czech Republic in the final game of qualifying and outscored the Czechs. 35 to 17 in the third quarter. The third quarter has been where the United States has turned it on, Jeff. Oddly enough, in that 83-76 loss to France, which feels like months ago now, the United States actually led at halftime and then they got outscored 25 to 11 in the third quarter. So, the script has completely flipped from how this game, uh, how this series has been. Uh, if you're wondering how the United States played in the last gold medal game, Played Serbia that was five years ago. Serbia in pool play only lost to the United States by three, and if my memory serves me correct, I think a, one of the Bogdanoviches had a three at the buzzer to try to force overtime. and didn't go in, and then the United States won by thirty in the gold medal game. So, when you look at this line right now, and we'll dive into total, uh, you know, prop bets and all that stuff. But when you look at thirteen. And what we've seen from France, a a very strong defensive team holding opponents to 75.8 points per game during this tournament held the United States to 76 points in that first game. How do you look at this game right now with the United States laying 13 against the French? I don't
5: think it's bettable. I don't think this number is bettable because what we saw the other night against Australia kind of scares me a little bit of taking the 13 with Mm -hmm. France because Australia was the better team for basically the entire first half. Didn't put Team USA uh, down double digits at halftime, which is what Australia needed to do. They needed to be up by 12 points at halftime. They weren't. Team USA destroyed them in the second half. Wouldn't shock me if that's the game flow for this one. And I understand that the first game between USA and France was completely different than every other USA game that we've had so far in this tournament. But it wouldn't shock me if France gets out to a good start because they just grind the pace down and slow this game to a halt early. And then by the middle of the second quarter, the USA gets their legs underneath them, starts dictating the pace. And France, again, would probably need to be up double figures like Australia needed to be in the semifinal. They're not. And Team USA wins the game by double figures. I don't know. If, I don't know if it'll be thirteen or not. But this is a stay off for me, and this is a stay off on the total too, because we just saw France and Slovenia go over, yep. and France won the game. Yep. So I, this is this is really a difficult betting game for me. I'm just going to steer clear, and I would imagine that we'll have all sorts of in-game options, and we'll go from there if we have an opportunity.
3: Yeah, and I think in-game, a lot of people are are likely banking on an in-game play when it comes to this game because the United States. If you've watched the last two games in the elimination round, the medal round, um, the United States has obviously gotten behind, and you have been able to get a great number on the United States. Against Spain, they were down double figures. Against Australia, at one point, we were on air before I think we signed off, and the United States was actually a dog. I mean, they were plus one and a half at one point in time, so the the in-game betting has been fruitful if you're backing the United States and expecting them to turn it on, which I think most people are. I mean, still, I talked about it last night. A frustrating part was, you know, we watched these games, and you could tell at the end of the first half, Jeff, Australia was done. The United States had figured it out. They had taken the best punches, and they were going to turn it on in the second half. And I had an opportunity to get off my plus 12, and I didn't. I should have bet the second half. Uh, and, and that was one that, that would have come home. What I wonder is, look at that bench, right? Head coach is Greg Popovich, assistant coach is Steve Kerr, two Western Conference guys. You think they know how to attack Rudy Gobert? You think they know the recipe of success of just trying to pull him out and hitting mid-range jumpers? This That is what... If, if you're looking to back the United States, I do wonder if the United States tries to do what so many teams do, Phoenix Suns and others, to this French team with Rudy Gobert there in the middle. Do they try to draw him out, pull him into a, an area that he's uncomfortable, and start hitting mid-range jumpers? I think that's a very realistic possibility here tonight for the United States. It
5: would make sense, wouldn't it? It would make a whole lot of sense for that to be the game plan. And again, I know the international game is completely different than what we see in the NBA, but there's enough, obviously, more than enough NBA talent on the floor in this game for it to look more NBA-like than feeble-like, Tim. So, again, it all comes down to dictating the tempo of this game, which I think France will actually be able to early on. And It'll be very similar to what we saw the other night, where Team USA takes the game over as we go along after a slower start. Uh, against France, and again, again, the one other thing too, you have a they have the team that has the most NBAers other than the Americans yep. in this game. So there's there's again, not that there was to begin with anyway in this tournament. There's no fear with anyone. There hasn't been this whole tournament. France obviously beat Team USA. Eddie hey Iran. no well, again, when it's <laughs> such a horrible talent mismatch, <laughs> there's only so much you can do there, Tim. But I look, I. There are absolutely avenues for the uh, the French to stay in this game, uh, Tim. Oh, by the way, Jonathan Villar just homered. So th- th- this idiotic team is going to give me false hope it's here. It's your
3: life. Top, t- top nine, four to two. Here come the Mets. Here come great. the old gr- Metropolitan. Gr- gr- great. Um, great all right, let's work. Take, let's take a look at some of the uh, the prop plays. As Once again, this game coming up bottom of the hour. Total 175 and a half. And the United States, a 13-point favorite. If you want the points with France, uh, there is a a 13-and-a-half in town. It's South Point, man. They have been enticing people. They have been. They've been very aggressive on the other side. Remember, they got up to 15 uh, against Spain. And uh, they were as high as 14 before some buyback down there at 13-and-a-half. But Kevin Durant. He has been, he's been the beast uh, for the United States. Last three games, 23 against the Czech Republic, 29 against Spain, 23 against Australia. Now the over-under at DraftKings, sitting there at 24 and a half. Um, you look a little bit further down the line, I don't know how you go over Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard has really been disappointing in this Olympic run. And obviously Damian Lillard has the capabilities of going off and hitting some big threes, but His game has really not translated well to the international play. And I think the most surprising thing, Jeff, is his minutes are now showing that. You look at the game against Australia, he played 17 minutes. Off the bench, Jason Tatum played more, Chris Middleton played more, Zach Levine played more, and Draymond Green played more. If he's not hitting his jumpers, which he certainly wasn't doing Last game, I I don't know how you play it over on Damian Lillard. So, you know, for me, um, I would have to look under on Damian Lillard uh, in this spot. That would be the one play I would look at. And, I mean, Kevin Durant, like we said against Spain, or excuse me, against Australia, I'm not getting in front of that thing. I mean, Uh, he had had 30 against Serbia in the gold medal game in 2016, as I mentioned, 23, 29, 23 in the last three games. On Lillard real quick here, Tim based off that press conference from I guess it was yesterday
5: in Tokyo where he was asked about Portland's offseason and he didn't seem too pleased, I wonder if that's just hanging over his head at this point, that, well, am I going to actually have to full-blown ask for the trade when I get back because of the disappointing offseason for the Blazers? So I wonder if that's played an impact at all with Lillard. Again, I doubt it has, but it's at least something I have thought of here With Lillard
3: having it, what has been a very disappointing time in Tokyo. Yeah, this was I mean, this was supposed to be the Lillard and Durant show, and it's really been the Durant and I don't know, anyone else show. I mean, Devin Booker played well, but he wasn't really playing all that well prior to the semifinal against Australia. What about Evan Fournier? Fournier went for twenty eight in the opener against United States. Uh, his over-under is sitting there at 21 and a half. I do wonder, now we've seen in the quarterfinals, Ricky Rubio go crazy, scored 38 points um, against Australia. The United States take a look at it, but I think they kept Patty Mills pretty much in check after the first half. So I do wonder if they will, there's always two trains of thought. Sometimes it's Go beat us by yourself, or you can beat us. But Evan Fournier is not going to. I, I think with the French, they've got so much. They've got enough talent where I don't know if just trying to take away Evan Fournier is probably the best game plan. Like, oh, let's eliminate Evan Fournier, and they can't beat us. Eh, I, I don't know. I, I think there's other ways to beat them. But uh, just looking back to the Australia game, Patty Mills five of fourteen from the field at fifteen points. I would look maybe a little under on Evan Fournier uh, just because I, I think Drew Holiday is going to be tasked with trying to slow him down. And I think he could be very much up to that task.
5: Well, again, Holiday has been so good de- defensively this whole tournament.
3: Tim, He's so, really been, I, I, I think mean, he's, he's been, been the second out, best player th- that for the United States.
5: It's hard, hard, hard not to look anywhere else. Obviously, Durant's been their best guy. But, oh, yeah. But look, I, again, it's not the greatest of matchups for Fournier. And remember, too, that was the first game. Yeah. Was Holiday's first game playing with the team. Because right. it was him, Middleton and Booker just come over from the NBA Finals. So yeah, it wouldn't shock me if Drew Holiday puts the clamps on Fournier and an under twenty-one and a half wouldn't be too bad. So no official play for no nope,
3: nothing for me. Mr. Parles over here, but always looking for in-game opportunities. I did take France plus the six and a half. We'll see if that trend continues in the first half. Not touching it full game, but I think France has an opportunity to keep this one close. That tip coming up, bottom of the hour. We'll keep you updated all throughout the show. That's Jeff Parles. I'm Tim Murray.
0: We're underway. How about a Mets-Phillies update? Want that? On the Uh. other side? Nike up here on Visa.
3: Ah, look at that. The television. The United States men's basketball game on it. Woo! Man, all the fields. Nightcap, that's Jeff Parles. I'm Tim Murray. Gold medal game coming up in just a moment as the United States looks to win their 08-12-16. Fourth straight gold medal. Uh, They've only lost the gold medal game once. And that was the controversial game oh, at 72 yes, against yes. the Soviets. Uh, where
5: the Soviets got eight tries to win yes. the gold and finally did it on the last one.
3: Those silver medals uh, still have not been, uh, they're still in a vault somewhere in like Switzerland. Um, <laughs> we do have a final. And for the first time since May 8th, the Philadelphia Phillies are in first place as they keep it rolling. They just came off a four game sweep of the uh, always challenging Washington Nationals. And they followed it up with a 4-2 win over the New York Mets tonight. Uh, the New York Mets uh, came into that game. I thought I had the number up here. Uh, the New York Mets, uh, the Phillies were, excuse me. were slight favorite. There. Yeah, minus 113 is what they closed at, plus 103 on the buyback for the Mets. Big home run from Bryce Harper. Dead center field, uh, 440. I don't know. That thing was absolutely blasted uh, to dead center. And the Philadelphia Phillies now have the lead. I'm I'm not trying to troll. I am honestly asking this question. Do you remember what the peak price on the Mets was? It was it was like is it minus $5? I
5: don't think it ever got to 5. It was definitely over 4, but I don't Ooh. think it got there. Uh, and look, I, again, uh it is a uh it, it is a scenario where the Mets have completely stopped hitting and when your pitching was as good as it was for as long as it was, you're going to regress. So Look, if you bet the Phillies about three weeks ago, you you have yourself a very live ticket. And and again, the Braves are currently whipping up on the Nats, who uh, may may as well just packed it in for the winter at this rate. (laughs) Uh, And uh, look, uh, it's open season. I would only bet the Phillies at this rate. I really think think what we've seen from Atlanta the last week plus is smoke and mirrors more than anything. But look, the Phillies have a horrible defensive team also. Again, this whole division stinks. This is just the, the winner of this one's going to get blasted by Milwaukee,
3: assuming they hold on to the two seed in the DS. Yeah, don't don't mess around, Milwaukee. Just uh, just take your time and win the Central, and don't get the one seed because look, you don't want to poke the karmic gods, you don't want to poke the baseball gods. But if you're the Brewers, yeah, you'd much rather be uh, facing the NL East winner and not the wild card winner. Uh, there's no debating that. Um, But we'll see. Uh, But right now, the Philadelphia Phillies sneaking into first. And if the Braves do hold on, they're up, what, 8-3 right now over the Nats in the ninth? Uh, So it seems likely the Braves will only be a half game uh, back of first place. So you'll have three teams within a half game of first place. So you're telling me... My World Series ticket on the Braves is not dead. All right. It's still alive. It's dead. Hey, man. It's dead. Once you get into the dance, anything, anyone can party once you're in the dance. I I will say this. The one mistake that
5: I think I made, at least I made for sure, and I'm sure there's other people who made it out there, there were a lot of good Milwaukee Brewer NL future numbers out there for a very long time, yeah. and they're still pretty reasonable. Look, if you can get Milwaukee eight to one, six to one, still that's still pretty reasonable on a team you know is going to be in the postseason and has an elite one, two, three at the top. Again, do I think they beat the Dodgers in a seven-game series? Probably not. But crazier the, things the, have happened. The Dodgers might have to play a winner-take-all wild card game. So. Uh, Again, I I think the Brewers right now, if you're you're looking to bet the NL, they're the team. That's the team, Tim.
3: Yeah, you know, it's funny. I was actually looking at that this week because uh, I am with you. Because if the Brewers ultimately hold on to the two seed and don't get the one, you're playing whoever comes out of the NL East. Is it a slam dunk? They win that? No, of course. It's baseball. Anything can happen. We've seen crazy things uh, unfold. but. When you've got a rotation, and that's what I kind of base this on, especially in that five-game series, Jeff, you've got a rotation there for the Milwaukee Brewers that you trust in every single one of those starters when they step out there. Uh, you've got a pretty good back end of your bullpen. I know Hater's dealing with you know COVID right now, but obviously you would imagine that. He'll, he'll, be, he'll be ready to that go should be when fine. it's under needed. It, but yeah, you've got Woodruff. Sitting with a 226 ERA, Peralta with a 221, and Corbin Burns with a 246. You've got your top three guys, as you mentioned, all with sub 250 ERAs. Uh, not too shabby. Josh Hader, by the way, 183 ERA to close things out. And reigning rookie of the year, maybe not as stellar as he was last year in Devin Williams, still got a 258. So I think the Brewers, if you can find a price, I don't know what a good price would be 6 to 1. I
5: think anything, yeah, six to one, six fifty. I mean there's there, there are numbers out there that are solid. USA
3: and France about to get underway. On we'll TV. Have the, on TV. What <laughs> what a shock, what a surprise. It's a Friday night miracle. We have that going on. Also Josh Allen's getting paid. It's a nightcap here on BC. The VEASAN College Football Betting Guide is here. Start your football season on the right foot with our expert analysis and picks for conference champions, Heisman hopefuls, and playoff teams, plus power ratings for every team. Now is also a great time to get your all-access VEASAN subscription, including our college and pro football betting guides, along with everything we offer for the entire football season. Get your college football betting guide for only $19.99 or start. You're free all-access trial today head over to vcin.com backslash subscribe I put up a little screen grab of my write-up for Notre Dame and as Matt Humans uh, chimed in Tim Murray taking the over on Notre, Notre Dame take it to the bank look I'm a pretty realistic Notre Dame fan um and when it went down to eight and a half they're only going to be a dog in one game this year as of now now it could obviously things could change and the month of October is is challenging. But as I said in the write-up, it is a challenging schedule for Notre Dame, but not a daunting schedule for Notre Dame. So I thought nine was the right price. And when it went to eight and a half, I said, you know, in the write-up, we had to give out uh, teams that we wrote up, whether you like the over or the under. So I said, uh, take the over on eight and a half for uh, Notre Dame. So head to vcin.com backslash subscribe. We've got, uh, what's up? So there'll be a dog at Soldier Field. Yep. That's it. They are.
5: I, I can I can I take the bet on it being over one and a half that there'll be a, a dog in because I think there'll be a dog against North Carolina at home in yeah. prime time. Yeah, I do. I think North Carolina's going to be undefeated going into that game. They could be. Could be. It could also be your basic Notre Dame is two and a half, three at home too.
3: So. Well, right now it's. I think South Point had it as a pick. Um, I, no, think Nor- they, I think yeah. North Carolina's getting a little too much love right now. Good football team with a very good quarterback. Lost their two best, res- two best running backs. Right. And their top wide receiver.
5: And running backs are replaceable, you know that.
3: Yeah, two guys that were unstoppable. Also, Notre Dame obliterated them last year. They
5: did. Notre and Dame was also much better last year than they are this year. True. Yeah. Um. Notre Dame was really good last year. Just yeah, they went to they went to the, every, the every, playoffs. Every, every, everyone just gonna get, gonna remember what happened in the playoff. That team was really good
3: during the regular season. Yeah, they were ten and zero. Uh, you know. Obviously they beat Clemson without Trevor Lawrence but um yeah I I think North Carolina's good um and you know that win totals 10 for a reason their schedule is very manageable I mean their hardest game clearly is Notre Dame in prime time after Notre Dame plays USC and I think UNC has a buy the prior to that to the Notre Dame game so I could see I, I think ultimately Notre Dame Will be yeah. I, I could see them being under a field goal dog, and I could see them being a one or two point favorite. Um, but uh, yeah, them being, I mean, them being a dog. I mean, here's the schedule for uh, for UNC. Uh, Virginia Tech, I don't think is very good. Uh, Agree. UNC is a touchdown favorite. I think week one. Like, the, that's a Thursday night game mm-hmm. in Blacksburg. Wait, no, that's no, a, a Friday, Friday night, Friday night, night, Friday night Friday game. Night excuse game. me. Yeah. Uh, Virginia kind of pesky, uh, but they're at home in that one. Uh, Florida State by October 9th, I think you know they could maybe find their ways. I think Mackenzie Milton. I, I'm hoping for Mackenzie Milton just for the sake of of his career that he uh, that he could play well. But I, I'm I'm very hesitant to say that he's going to be the guy that he was at UCF. Obviously, the season for UNC comes down to if you want to make the playoff, it comes down to those two games. If you just want to make the ACC championship game, it comes down to October 16th uh, for for UNC. So. um, I mean, I think we're all. I think most of us are hoping for UNC Clemson to meet in the ACC Championship. I think that would be an intriguing matchup. Um, but I think, yeah, I think Clemson, Clemson's as you know as most people would say. I mean, they're just a, they're a I, class ahead of anybody. I, I mean,
5: if Clemson doesn't lose Week One in Charlotte against Georgia, they're running the table in the regular season. Yeah, I mean they're they're going twelve and zero if they win
3: Week One. Absolutely, yeah, and I think that's why they're over unders at eleven and, and half. Half. juice to the over because they're a favorite in week one I mean they are touchdown right uh no four Or is four now okay um and I would look to take Georgia but I don't know if that almost feels square doggish for me um I know Kenny uh white big on NC state he thinks that could be a tricky spot maybe um you never weird. know weird stuff has happened to Raleigh in the past yep so um it is now. Uh, it is seven to four. The United States or sorry, France leading the United States. Uh, five forty and rolling left in that first quarter. Uh, so that is where we stand. Uh, we'll continue our a division a day in uh, in less than in about five minutes. We will talk some uh, AFC South and uh, we'll head down to Nashville with the odds-on favorites to win that division, the Tennessee Titans. How have they looked so far down in training camp, and just the feeling uh, is this division? I wouldn't say a runaway, but feeling pretty good if you're backing the, uh, the Tennessee Titans. By the way, France just hit a three. So they now lead by six, ten to four here in the first quarter of the gold medal game. Um, so kind of playing out like we anticipated. Slowish start for the United States. Uh, early get the ball inside to uh, Rudy Gobert. Emphasis by the French. And now they just banged a three. So it is ten to four right now uh, for, the, uh, for France. Uh, Josh Allen. Got himself a whole lot of money today uh, signing an extension to stay in Buffalo, Jeff. Uh, it is a five-year, uh, $258 million deal. Uh, it is absolutely monster. Is that right? Did I get that right? Yeah. Sounds right, yeah. two fifty-eight. Uh, only a cap hit of $16 million. In 2022, I believe. So, as Warren Sharp said, the window for the Bills is really these next two years. He had a spectacular season last year. Proved all the doubters, including myself, wrong. He was phenomenal. There's no ways around it. He was absolutely tremendous last year. Uh, The addition of Stefan Diggs was huge for Josh Allen and him continuing to grow as a quarterback. So, these are his, you know, season totals for this upcoming season, Jeff. But what about MVP? Do you think Josh Allen is a guy that could be someone to take a look at for MVP? He has the third shortest odds at 12-1. to No,
5: thank you. No, thank you. Uh, Look, I I think, first off, good for Josh Allen cashing in on what was an amazing season last year. I think we see regression this year. I don't think we see a ton of regression, but any regression from what he did last year is going to mean he's not in the MVP race, Tim. He needs to basically be as good or better than he was a year ago in order to win the MVP, and I just don't think that's going to happen. Uh, and, and again, I, I've been holding on to this take for a while, Tim, Ooh, and
3: of course, give it to me. of
5: course we're going right into a break here.
3: You want to hold it? No, no, we got a uh, guest coming up. Uh, okay, on.
5: All right. All right. I'll be quick. Lay it on it. I am concerned about Josh Allen playing in front of the crowds. Ooh. The worst two perform the worst three performances he had last year were all with fans in the stands. So I'm curious to just see. Again, it could be to- totally ridiculous of me to have that take, but I'm curious.
3: I want to see how he looks. 6 years, 258 Josh Allen. He ain't going anywhere there in Buffalo. We head down to Nashville, Tennessee next, Titans. Is it their division to lose? It is the nightcap here on VSIM. Indeed's instant match searches through millions of resumes and Indeed's database to deliver candidates who fit your job description instantly. Find out more, head to Indeed.com credit. It is a nightcap here on VEASAN. Gold medal game going on as we speak. France, a 14-12 lead with 219 to go in the first quarter. What was that first quarter line?
5: I, I, I don't know I didn't I didn't see one I would imagine based off of what it caused that had to be three and a half four right uh
3: yeah only only places that offered that I see was uh, some offshore shops and it was three yeah. uh, United States minus three and uh France, point. now with a three-point lead with about two to go uh as I talked about before the show I just rolled with the same mindset took the six and a half of the first half and we'll see uh, we'll see what happens the USA certainly could turn it on but uh, let's keep it rolling. We've been doing this all week. It's been a lot of fun previewing each division. We've been calling it a division a day, and today we head to the South, the AFC South, and we welcome in Justin Beasley from WSMV News 4 in Nashville at J. Beasley WSMV uh, Justin, a lot to, to get to when it comes to the Titans, but I am curious, you know, big acquisition this offseason bringing in Julio Jones. It was. It felt like it was a matter of time before the Falcons shipped him out. Ultimately, he lands in Tennessee, so now uh, Ryan Tannehill certainly has his uh, his handful of weapons to work with, uh, with the unstoppable force in the backfield and Derrick Henry, A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones. What have been the early returns... Uh, of Julio Jones there out wide for the Tennessee Titans?
7: Well, there's certainly a ton of excitement when you get a Hall of Famer like him and you, you pair him up with, with A.J. Brown, who was, you know, a lot of games last year, even playing hurt, uh, you know, got a Pro Bowl bid, was also playing, you know, with, with double coverage, and then Julio is going to get the same amount of attention. And then you think you have the rushing champ from last year and Derek Henry in the backfield. I mean, it is a recipe for success, and Ryan Tannehill, pretty lucky dude coming from Miami as far as, you know, getting the starting nod, having some injuries early in his career, but, I mean, right now, he's got a plethora of weapons to throw to and to hand the ball off to, and it's not hard to run left behind, you know, Roger Saffold and Taylor LeJuan, uh when you had that guy in the backfield uh he's looking at his chops right now they're just hoping everybody stays healthy you know julio's a little bit older in age uh maybe has two three prime years left if you're you know a Titans fan and you think he still has it so uh they're trying to hold him out a little bit during camp and give him some rest days which he's had the last two or three days which is, is probably good because it's a long season especially for the titans that are hoping to play until february
5: Justin, I just want to ask you real quick because, of course, Arthur Smith is now in Atlanta, and we know how good this offense was with him calling the shots. Now Todd Downing comes in. Uh, Downing has been an offensive coordinator once before. It was a not-so-good year with the Oakland Raiders the year after Derek Carr had broken his leg uh, and came back from that. Uh, How has Downing adjusted to be in the O.C. so far, and I understand we're still in training camp. We haven't even seen any preseason games, but what have you seen so far from Downing?
7: Yeah, I mean, he's just, you know, trying to learn his weapons. You know, it's, it's a tough job taking over for somebody like, you know, uh, uh, why am I losing his name right Arthur now? Arthur Smith. Uh, Arthur Smith, who had been so good and, and really, you know, was – so good at just, you know, not overthinking the offense. You know, the Titans were so good with their play action pass game the last couple of years. A lot of that has to do with, with Derrick Henry and his emergence. But you know, you could say the same thing uh, about um, Matt LaFleur. He did not hand it off to Derrick Henry as often as he should. So I think he's taken those sample sizes along with the addition to Julio and, and kind of learning more of the skill set of what Ryan Tannehill is, because I think that's what Arthur Smith didn't get enough credit for was kind of learning the strength of his quarterback to make him tick, not only in the AFC championship run two years ago when they the team started out two and four, but the next year as well. So I think that's just what he's got to learn right now during this training camp. You know, Mike Grable's a very hands-on coach as well. So he's got to learn to call the game according to the defense. Last year, the defense was pretty bad. This year, uh, I don't think that he get any worse. They've added Bud Dupree, um, added uh, some some prior to it. Acquisitions and some people throughout the draft, so I think they're they're hoping that he can have a good year. Uh, he doesn't need to be special. Again, Arthur Smith was special. I, I think it's hard to mess it up with the weapons he has that we've mentioned um, already with AJ Brown, Julio Jones, and they even think Anthony Ferks or the tight end can be something special. Even Kevin Byer this week, you know, was talking about kind of comparing him to Del- to Delaney Walker, who had a couple of years in, in Tennessee. He's trying to get back his career. That's a that's a pretty big, at least compliment for Anthony Fergster, who has definitely flown under the radar not only nationally but even amongst fans. Then fan behind Smith, for a lot of years.
3: Chad, once again with Justin Beasley from WSMV News Four down in Nashville, Tennessee, and it was a pretty. Horrific week uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. Not only they lose their quarterback for five to twelve weeks. A day later, they lose their All-Pro left guard in Quentin Nelson. And honestly, Justin, I I feel like the Titans. You know, it was neck and neck who would win this division based on the odds, and then this this ultimately comes out this news of. Of these injuries, and Jacob Eason likely, you know, going to be the starter for the Colts until Carson Wentz comes back. The schedule makers, in my opinion, uh, really uh, it works in the favor of the Titans. So, you know, when you look at what's happening in Indianapolis, not too far away, uh, how do you expect this Colts team to uh, answer this task, which is uh, replacing Carson Wentz, and and who knows how long Quinton Nelson will be out as well?
7: Yeah, the reaction locally is that the AFC South runs through Tennessee, which I could make the strong argument that it that was already the case to begin with, uh, especially when we don't know what was going to come from Carson Wentz. Was he going to be revived uh, with his new head coach and former offensive coordinator? But that's just the thing. Now that he's out, it almost looks like it's a foregone conclusion where the Titans are worrying more about seedings than if they are just winning the AFC South in general, which they were able to do for the first time and so many years last year, it'll be interesting to see because, you know, some national pundits I've heard think that, you know, if the Colts can squeak out, you know, if they're into November, maybe at, uh, you know, four and six, they'll have a chance. I don't think, I don't think they will. I, I think the Titans are, are going to have a hot start out of the gates, uh, just with a healthy team and a lot of excitement around them. But who knows? I mean, the Colts, I, I think they have overall a better roster. I know they have a quarterback issue, which is a big thing in the NFL, but I I just think the AFC South runs through Tennessee. It's going to be awfully tough for them, especially with a center out and their, their, um, their quarterback, two important positions where they have um, really good assets right there for them to come out of that hole early in the season with that same injury. um, Titan fans are awfully excited. I mean, they're, they're not waving AFC South champion uh, banners yet, but uh, (laughs) they're all but doing that.
5: Justin, I want to look at uh, another team in the division. And curious on your thoughts on the Jaguars, who, of course, lost 15 straight to end the season last year. New head coach, new quarterback, Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Jacksonville, again, not expected to be particularly good this year. But what are your thoughts, just looking from the outside, on what you think the Jags will be? And, And, again, will they be at least a tougher out for the rest of the division this year?
7: I think they have to be a tough route. I mean, they have answered the the starting quarterback position. I know Gardner Minshew has had some good starts, especially against the Titans. And, you know, he's been rumored to maybe take over uh, in in Indianapolis if they want to make a trade or or just go in somewhere else eventually. But Urban Meyer's been successful in every spot that he's been to. He's going to have those guys ready. He's going to have them playing hard, whether they're younger guys or veterans. Whoever is starting out there on Sunday for the Jaguars, is going to embody their head coach, which is Urban Meyer. Then you see what they did through the through the draft, adding the two Clemson guys, most notably uh, Trevor Lawrence. I, I think they're going to be a tough out. Now, I don't think they're going to win the division. They might be 500, and they might be happy with that. But uh, I definitely wouldn't sleep on them, because when you have the quarterback position figured out and you think you have a generational talent uh, in, in Trevor Lawrence, I, I think that's half the battle right there, and I, I think they'll uh, – I think they'll scare some teams this year for sure. They've been a tough out, at least for the Titans, uh, a couple of years, the last couple of years. So it, it it wouldn't surprise me if they give a lot of people a run for their money, especially within the division that right now looks pretty weak outside of Tennessee. When you see all the injuries and everything that's going on with Houston, as far as Deshaun Watson and, and that saga that continues.
3: Breaking down the AFC South with Justin Beasley down in Nashville for WSMV News Four. Uh, Justin, before we let you go. Uh, Plain and simple, Titans win this division this year?
7: Oh, absolutely. I I think it would be hard. They would have to have two or three major injuries, and I'm talking about one to Julio, A.J., Tannehill. Right now, they don't have a backup. I mean, right now, the backup, they just got rid of Deshaun Kaiser. They're trying to figure that out. Um, But I just don't see a scenario, really, unless the Colts win more than they shouldn't, or at least that I expect them to without Carson Wentz. I just see Tennessee storming out of the gates. They had it pretty wrapped up early last year. They won it last year, got that kind of uh, monkey off their back. And, I mean, they're right now with the Colts and that and how early they play them with that injured roster, I think they set themselves up really good for a top one, two, three seed. Um, so I definitely think they're going to win the AFC South. I just think it, it bodes well for them, especially with Julio Jones. If he's still got anything left in the tank, which he has shown in minicamp that he is definitely the old Julio Jones, at least in training camp, uh, yeah, I'll 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 bet a lot of money that the Titans to, uh, win the AFC South for sure.
3: At J Beasley WSMV is where you can find Justin on Twitter. Justin, great stuff. Appreciate it.
7: Hey, thanks guys for having me on. Anything you need throughout the season, just let me know. I'll be glad to help.
3: Perfect. There he is, Justin Beasley uh, from Nashville, Tennessee, and. uh Getting you updated on what's happening in the gold medal match, uh, match. You're technically right. I'm technically wrong. Gold medal game. USA now leading by six. And Kevin Durant walking back on the floor. As an American, this thrills me. As a France plus six and a half first halfbacker, not so much. Also, we'll uh, break down the end of the first quarter because some y- people yikes. may or may not have uh, <laughs> been happy at the end of that first quarter. It is the nightcap.
0: We'll also talk some Lakers. Stick around. It's decent. At bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
2: Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world.